Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girls, you know, and Lariri. Welcome to another episode of Spit Thursday's podcast. Buckle up. We're about to go on another adventure. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Welcome to our next episode of Spit Thursday. Today, we're going to be talking about heartbreak and healing. We have two special guests here with us. Jen and Q. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me off that night. <laughs> Definitely thanks for joining us, you guys. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should start with a little bit of background. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Q, do you want to go first? Ooh, already I just woke up like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Let's have Jen. Let's have Jen go first. She's not. <laughs> I've been away for a while. <laughs> Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you at? What you doing with your? Okay, sure, sure. Um, currently in San Francisco. Um, originally from North Carolina. Um, you'll probably pick up on the southern accent a little bit during this. Um, thirty-two years old. Um, I've been in the Bay Area for about three, almost four years now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, most recent relationship um, ended in November of last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. What about you? Oh, I'm not from North Carolina, <laughs> but I was born and raised in East Oakland, Bay Area. Um, always been. What else? Let's see here. Recent relationship. I've been in a 10-year relationship and then a five-month relationship. So, yeah, kind of a, <laughs> a big stretch there mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, just out here trying to, you know, have have faith, have hope and love yeah. around. Yeah, I guess. I guess we got to hope, right? Yeah. yeah, I like So I've, I've been like four year relationship and then like a, a little one year and then a four year and then this like little six month one. Don't you almost want to just like wish you could just erase that it's like white you know, it out yeah books. my bad my yeah. mistake guys oh man heartbreak and healing i feel like there this this could open up some floodgates you guys but um i think in the time that in the collective time of relationships in this group it sounds as though we've come to the process we've gone through that process of healing um and myself like don't have a lot of relationship experience but I've still experienced some heartbreak and I remember just kind of going through the motions um but I want to hear from you guys so Q let's start with you you had a five-month relationship and you had this 10-year relationship um did you feel as though the heartbreak from both was relatively the same which one hurt more uh obviously you want to think for that question but it, I, the most hard break I had was probably the 10-year relationship on a different level that point that five months also gave me a, like a heartache in a different way um in a sense where I put myself out there and then I tried like you know unconventional these days you know with COVID you can't really like physically see people so you just have to engage and be intrigued with conversation, right? Sometimes um, it's harder. And I, I also think it's a good thing and it's a bad thing that you don't meet them at the same time. 
you are following a checklist like you know well personally for me I was following a checklist that I thought existed like I was like good credit you got mm-hmm. a career he not out here you know he not out here on the streets getting his money you know he got a W2 <laughs> right you know do you feel like the recovery from them might have taken a similar amount of time since they were just there was a stark difference in the length of these relationships um i think like that five months it took me I mean, I recovered. I mean, asked Yawanda. I mean, I saw her in a week. She said, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> right? um, <laughs> but on the other hand, if I would have known Yawanda 10 years ago in like in Lariri, you know, like at work, I'd probably be devastated. And yeah, I mean, I was devastated for a long time. It was like two years. And at that, it was like, I raised his kid, right? That was my own kid. So it was like a, a different kind of heartbreak. Like, I don't know, when I think of heartbreak, I don't always relate it to mm-hmm. relationship, right? Um, it's lost in other ways, like lost that you lost another person that you actually fell in love with. The kid, for me, that was, that was what happened. That was the true mm-hmm. heartache for me um, in that 10-year relationship. Not so, I, I didn't think I was like, I, I mean, obviously I loved him, but I think that relationship turned into I was madly in love mm-hmm. with his daughter, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? um so that heartbreak was a different uh it took me a long time I mean still today like when people ask me like have I ever experienced heartache like and I explain to them like not relationship wise it's you know losing uh, you know losing a person that came into your life and taught you about unconditional love was a little girl Mm -hmm. you know so um but heartbreak can be in so much ways and I agree with you one day like it's not always you know it could be in relationship wise but it's also you know it can be in other ways in a relationship that taught you heartbreak or heart mm-hmm. or heart mm-hmm. loss you know? like those romantic involvements just as much as friendships oh yeah you know? yeah I agree mm-hmm. yeah. but um what about you Jen um what how did your last relationship end um how long did that healing process take for you um so I still feel like the healing process is ongoing from that and quarantine has actually been beneficial for that. I think it's caused me to be able to separate myself and really focus on myself, um, which I feel like has been more helpful than anything. I honestly feel like regardless of the breakup, I'm more mentally strong right now than I was even prior to the relationship. Um, But so we had dated for or been seeing each other dating for about a year when we broke up. Um, And the ironic thing was that we had been doing really well at the time that we were breaking up. We weren't fighting. There wasn't this, you know, consistency of problems. Um, In fact, we were planning New Year's, planning a weekend getaway and doing all this stuff. And then um, he had been a little off for about two weeks, just with some things related to his job and, you know, just being like a little bit down from that. And so he asked me to come over one day um, because he felt like we needed to talk about, you know, just kind of what was going on with him. And immediately when I got to his house and sat down, the response was, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I really felt like the rug was just pulled out from underneath me. Um, Because it's one thing when you can kind of see it coming and you see that there's these problems and that maybe you guys aren't compatible, but I guess I just didn't have that feeling. Um, 
so when that happened, you know, of course I had the questions of why, you know, well, what, what is it that you don't see this going anywhere? And the response that I got was, you know, kind of vague, but it was just like, oh, I, I don't think we see the same world. We don't, you know, see this, the world the same way. We don't want the same things, which was kind of bullshit, honestly, <laughs> because we, mm. that had never <laughs> been a conversation that had came up at any point during the relationship that we wanted, you know, vastly polar opposite things. Um, and he really couldn't give me a concrete answer as to what the reason was. Um, so of course I was devastated, you know, afterwards. Um, and then it was the most or the thing that like probably caused the most heartbreak with this wasn't even that part. Um, it was about two weeks, two or three weeks later after the breakup, him and I had had a couple of conversations post breakup, just kind of reviewing things and talking. Um, and then I kind of came to this conclusion from my own intuition that he had cheated on me back in July. And when I confronted him about it, um, he had to admit it because he was caught. And mm the thing that hurt the most about it was I was going through some like very personal things in July that he knew about and he cheated on me during a time of emotional need. And I think that that mm -hmm. was what hurt me the most um, and was the hardest for me to deal with was that this person who was supposed to be your person and that you trusted implicitly just, you know, abandoned you during this time and you thought that they were there, but they weren't. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's, that for me is what hurt the most. Um, cause I had went through like a similar breakup, maybe like three or four years prior to that one. And that one hurt too. And also ended because that person cheated and I caught them. Um, but for some reason, you know, this one just hit me that much harder because of the, you know, the cheating aspect during when like I needed them the most. Um, mm -hmm. so I think, that, you know, and also like the rug just being pulled up out from underneath you that you just didn't see it coming. Um, so that's, you know, kind of how that relationship ended. There's, you know, there's deeper layers to it, but we'd be here all day. So I'm not going <laughs> to get into all of that. <laughs> um, we don't mind, though. We don't mind. It's not like going in there. I mean, we nice shit. Right. Speak for yourself. <laughs> the only thing on my agenda for today is to take a nap. <laughs> um, so after this most recent breakup, like kind of going to the healing aspect of things, I knew from the previous breakup that I had went through what I did wrong um, that made it that much harder to get over. And I was the guy previously, I was always watching his social media and, you know, seeing these pictures of the girl that he had cheated on me with and mm -hmm. trying to figure out, you know, what, what did she have that I didn't and trying to do this, you know, comparison game. Um, and really could. You didn't have to. He, he was a coward. coward. He was like, a they, it had, it had nothing to do with it, that it girl. Was. It's all him. Yeah. Like, it don't matter. You know, it's natural. I mean, like we want to know, like, who you left me for stuff, but at the end of the day, it was him. Like, it's the problem it, with him, yep. not you. It's it, nothing wrong with you. And I'll yeah. get to another point of how this comes full circle <laughs> that's pretty satisfying. Um, but, you know, no. You <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't think that that would have been. I'm just joking, Jen. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, you know, I, I felt like I did all the wrong things and, you know, didn't block him on social media, was still watching things. And it made me that much more sad. So 
with Mm -hmm. this breakup, I knew what to do. I was like, don't look at his social media. Don't even look at his friend's social media in case he pops Mm -hmm. up in their stories. Because I think you just start going down this spiral of seeing them and just making these assumptions like, oh, look, he's out living his best life and having so much fun. And here I am miserable because of what he did. And so I Mm -hmm. was really strict with myself, you know, as to like not following him on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did really well I felt like for the month of December and I really have to say I'm so so blessed with such a strong friend group I had a friend in Indiana who heard about the breakup and sent me flowers like a day or two after the breakup which made me cry too because I was just so touched Mm -hmm. just to you know how sweet and thoughtful it was um Mm -hmm. then I had girlfriends you know that would take me out and say let's go get wine and I mean me and Larice did that one night too we would go out and get wine, go and get food. And, you know, so many people were just like, Hey, I just watched you drink dinner and that's completely fine, but I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> those yeah, are and those friends. Right, we yeah, need that. Those friends you need. And huh? you really realize during this thing about who shows up for you. Um, mm-hmm. And that was one of the things too, that like helped me get through yeah. the breakup was I saw how much my friends cared for me. And I was like, look at what I have. And I can honestly say, I don't know that he has this as much as I do and has the support. And, you know, there's all this love that you get in different ways, but like, you know, you really see like that love from your friends when that happens. And from my family too, my family was super supportive and, you know, constantly checking on me and things like that. Um, And within the breakup, I felt like one of the emotions that I had the hardest time with was the anger that I felt toward him. Um, this, you know, there was still the Mm -hmm. sadness there, but I was just so mad. Um, and it consumed me starting in January and pretty much at the end of my shift, when I would go out to my car, I would barely make it there before I just started crying. And I would just cry the entire way home for about three weeks. And then one day I was just like, you have to stop doing this. You're going to make yourself sick. Um, and you know, I was still doing all the right things and trying to like keep myself busy and, you know, talk to girlfriends and I was trying to meditate every day, but it, you know, there were still those moments where it would hit me. Um, and so that's when I decided that I wanted to see a therapist. Um, and I think therapy is really beneficial even whenever, you know, you're not Mm -hmm. going through a breakup. I think you shouldn't utilize therapy just in times of crisis. I feel like it's good to have it kind of on a daily basis. Um, but it honestly helped so much. Um, and I remember this conversation that I had with my therapist one day and she and I were trying to sort through what is the one thing that I just can't get past with this. And it was the anger. And she said something that resonated with me so well. And it just had this kind of like click moment. And she said, you're angry, but what does that say about you that you're mad? And I thought about it and I was like, well, it means that like I stood up for myself and I knew that I deserved better. And I'm really mad that someone disrespected me and treated me this way. Um, And she said, exactly. She said, if you were crying and calling him and missing him, you know, and doing all of those things, I would be more concerned. And she said, but the anger just shows how strong you are and how, you know, you know that you deserved better. And that's when it clicked for me and I stopped fighting against the anger aspect of it so much and trying to make myself not angry. And for some reason, like just allowing it to happen made it go away that much quicker. Um, Mm -hmm. So I felt like that was kind of a light bulb moment for me. Um, But yeah, I think that doing these like healing things where I was like meditating every morning and then I did a couple therapy sessions and just trying to do things that I enjoy. It honestly has made the process like that much easier. Um, 
I don't always I don't always think like that like you know for me uh like the healing process like I think it's because I've been through like a very long and I went through all like the mm-hmm. stuff you have went through Jen like you know you know making yourself feel good self-care workout you know you get your body that revenge body you want to look good and go back <laughs> out there yeah <laughs> But then this last relationship, I was like, you know, I thought about it. I didn't, it was, it was nothing. I like, it was not me. Like, you know, you get to a point when you're in your thirties, you know what you want, Mm -hmm. you know what you're not going to put up Mm -hmm. with. Right. So you say, fuck it. It it, it wasn't like I reflected like, Mm -hmm. I could have did this better. I could have fucked you more or I could have cooked more. I could have cleaned more, whatever, you know, but it was, I didn't, I didn't see that relationship that was, that was on me. Like I had some, you know, faults in it. Um, It just, this quarantine, you know, you have to be in a, you you have to be like enclosed shelters with someone Mm -hmm. that you thought you knew. Right. I mean, actually what happened was we were like, you know, our, um, our LA trip got us all like kind of, had to be tested for you know COVID. So what? Who's far is that? We had to be COVID queen. We had to be quarantined for like two weeks. You My know? bad. <laughs> yeah. No, but I could thank Lori because if I wasn't quarantined, I wouldn't been put in a situation because we we both had like a a really like you know you know being nurses we we work like you know 4 12 6 12s or whatever right and our our schedules are messed up then you date someone who's like have similar schedules you don't really see them like like when you see them it's like is there's no drama because you're so tired you you want to work out routine but then in that time where we were in shelter in place i actually had to sit mm-hmm. in there and deal with his shit too like we both were having crucial conversations like talking about core values you start to get irritated things come up and all of a sudden, I find myself like, I can't be with this person. Like, your core values, mm-hmm. like, you know, is, is very important. There's things that I couldn't compromise it. And being in this time where I couldn't, like, run away from him. Like, I like I had to be with him, like, 14 days straight. Day and night, I had to be in this damn house with him. And I finally realized, like, no, like, this is something I'm not going to, you know, um, I'm not going to compromise my own values of, like, you know, how he because he was in like law enforcement so there you know I'm all about social like justice like I'm a social warrior and I don't believe in profiling but at this time the stressors of the world around us and like how people were acting um Mm -hmm. it made him a certain way it's it made him see you know it made him see a certain race a certain way and I couldn't get past that hearing him say that but we didn't have these conversations because in time of like everything with our relationship up to that point, it was all like, yes, we have a routine, get up, you know, go to gym, blah, 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 work. like Perfect. Like, you know, gifts on the days, whatever, random, and all of a sudden it's like, now we're sitting with some true stuff. Like, let's talk about what's making, you know, what do you do at your job? Like we really, you know I mean, I mean, he, he knows mm-hmm. I'm a nurse, but he, you know, also he hasn't really asked me like, in depth what I do and what I go through you know being a nurse is so complex we go through a lot of things we go through a lot of loss with how we cope with those things but we I never really sat down like he never asked me about my day at work but as I was asking him what he do all of a sudden I'm like I can't really see myself like being with some that someone that actually has these deep feelings about a certain certain race right like in turn we all have internal racism but he internal racism right and 
and and that I couldn't compromise that mm-hmm. and just like I just realized um um and then so that came out but anyways but there was more underlying things that I couldn't compromise as well so I was like I want to be happy I want to have like like love beyond this world I want to have like mind-blowing sex like you know things like that like you didn't you know like you don't think about those things because you're following a checklist Mm -hmm. like I was trying to compromise all these things because I wanted a man with a good credit score a job Mm -hmm. a good family upbringing like you know have some kind of purpose but I'm like then I then I thought to myself like I can't come home and be hella bored out my Mm -hmm. mind too like you know Mm -hmm. um so that breakup, I, I didn't see anything, like, I needed to work on myself, like, because I already knew, like, what I already, like, what I came in the relationship looking for. I was looking for a soulmate, a partner, like, and I did meet him online, so that's what I'm saying. Resumes online and, like, in person, we know, but at the, at the same time, like, I didn't know until I had to go through a COVID crisis uh-huh. to understand, you know? Uh-huh. So it was a blessing and thank you to Lariri. <laughs> Yo, I got you. <laughs> 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 thank you to, you know, thank you to shelter a place, you know, a lot. Mm. There's some good relationships happening right now. And also there's relationships that are being tested right now mm-hmm. through this stress, right? For um, but yeah, that was that that was the last uh, relationship. I, and then you know what? And I said, I'm back out there like mm-hmm. I'm back out there. But my whole perspective on dating is different. Like, I'm not gonna see you because I can't see you. But I actually prefer not to see you like build a relationship <laughs> yeah. on like conversation with me, like, you know, entice me with something else. Like this guy randomly just distraction wise that like I just decided to go on, you know, one of these apps. It was just for distraction. I didn't think nothing about it. But, you know, today I woke up from my nap and there's like, you know, somebody knocking the door. You know, you waking up from night shift. You're like, who the hell is coming at your house? You're not expecting anything, right? You're not expecting anything from your house. So I'm yelling at the door. And it's a flower lady. She dropped off some flowers. I said, <laughs> I said, I said, who is this from? She said, there's a note on the, on the flowers out the door. I said, no cat. <laughs> Y'all are both offended with each other. We just circled the circle. That's so fair. Not I, I heard the so little flowers not reading notes. <laughs> you are literally <laughs> I'm so offended, literally. You want it? Yeah, but said, and then it was some flowers from a guy that I met online. Like he was like, "Thanks for always making oh, time," really you know, sweet. like for him. How sweet, dude! Yeah. I um, love but, flowers. They're like the simplest gesture, and they make me so yeah, happy. 100%. And I've only had one guy give me flowers in my entire life. And that was my um long-term ex-boyfriend. On it was like my birthday I think yeah the guy from Australia no 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 not a, a different one before him mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a cute gesture that's super cute it is. Because, I mean, <laughs> like, and also, like I had yeah like you know you know what's crazy you guys were really you guys would think I'm like yeah flowers or but then also he wrote me a letter like who the fuck right hand letter like you know like you know like like, we gotta step our quarantine dating yeah it's one brother (laughs) uncle yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i was like well you know 
you just gotta be a little creative now but yeah he's yeah. like handwritten letters and you know and you never he never you know like the the i really you know like the pussy fairy song like you can really have shit you can really have a man desire you and never touch you mm-hmm. or see you like through mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? like this is how i'm learning through this time where we can't see people i was like because you know i have very i have a short span of patience so you you really have to like catch my attention real fast or I'm deleting you or I'm swiping left because I'm not yeah I'm not I don't have time to waste right now because uh yeah I was just gonna ask Jen like how do you feel like being in your 30s and like you know dating and then you have these social pressures of like getting married and having kids you know they be telling us our eggs gonna right. dry out bro I got three left <laughs> I got you bro <laughs> <laughs> um I think in the Bay Area, it's a little bit differently. You know, I think people think about it differently here in that people here are professionals and they're always trying to achieve these goals. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of think, oh, I have all this time. And I've even talked to some of my guy friends and they'll say, oh, like, I mean, I had a girlfriend who had a baby when she was 38, but they really just don't grasp, you know, that, I mean, it is possible, um, but there is a higher risk with that too. Um Mm-hmm. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have that pressure here. Um, but definitely when I go home um, to North Carolina and Charlotte, I would say the majority of my friends from back home are married or have kids. Um, and they don't necessarily pressure me, but I feel like I get that from family sometimes, not necessarily from like my parents, um, but from older members, you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. And it's always the question, oh, are you, da- are you seeing anyone? Um, when are you going to get married? You know, and that kind of stuff. And you're like, the response I want to be say as well, you know, I'm just looking for someone that will keep their dick in their pants um, and just be very blunt with that response. Thank you. Yeah. Or I mean, you don't have to keep his dick in his pants, just his yeah, dick with yeah. you. I feel like that's a small thing to ask for. Um, but apparently like, ugh, it's just too hard for some apparently. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I guess I don't feel that pressure here, um, but I do. And, but it is in the back of my mind um, because I do have friends who are older than me, you know, getting into their late thirties, early forties, who still really want kids. And, you know, they, they still kind of run into the same problem. And I sometimes wonder if this is the best area for me, because I don't feel like a lot of guys want that in this, you know, area that we're living in. Like, that's not their mm-hmm. number one goal. Mm-hmm. Like their goal is to you know, make money and advance their career and that kind of thing. And they're also surrounded by like, quite frankly, like a bunch of fuck boys who like really just don't care. And when you're surrounded by those mm-hmm. people, you don't necessarily have that pressure yourself or you forget, you know, that that's something that maybe you do want. Um, and mm-hmm. are you saying it, but you don't really want it? Like, you know, a lot of people say they want it, but they really, when it comes, like when they do have that person that's ready to do that with them, they're like, oh, I'm scared. But then yeah, you wanted it. I, like, I 100% you know. agree. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of um, circling back around to like the heartbreak thing that I was talking about. So the previous guy, the, the previous breakup, the one that cheated on me or whatever, I had not spoken to him in probably three or four years. And it was just really odd timing that a week after me and the guy broke up this year, he reached out and sent me a DM on Instagram and he just said, Hey, I just want you to know, I've thought about you a lot over the years. I really am truly sorry for how I treated you and just want you to know that you are a truly exceptional and wonderful person and you never deserved 
any of the things that I did. And he was like, everything that happened in that relationship was a hundred percent my fault. And he was like, and you can't imagine how much I regret it now. Um, and hearing that and seeing that, I mean, it really did. Cause you know, you always have these breakups and you wonder, I wonder one day if they're going to regret this, you know? And then when you have that come like full circle after you just had another breakup, it really did like, it was healing for me because I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Like this breakup was also not my fault. It also had, you know, a lot to do with the other person and their shortcomings. Um, so mm-hmm. I think when that came around and you kind of want to do this little dance too, like, ha, I knew it. <laughs> but, <laughs> and like, it is, it is to hear that. Um, and then I reached out to him and I just, I thanked him for that message. Um, and then ironically enough, him and I dated when I lived in Dallas. He now lives in Charlotte, which is where I'm from, um, and in North Carolina, which I just thought was really odd. Um, and him and I have been chatting a little bit, not really like romantic at all, just kind of catching up and talking about, you know, how he likes living in Charlotte and kind of, you know, what he's been up to and that kind of thing. Um, and he even told me that he's been to a therapist to kind of work through some of his issues and figuring out, you know, why he behaved the way he did in certain relationships. And that honestly really impressed me because I feel like it takes a lot for a guy to admit to you that they're going to therapy and that they recognize that there's a problem. Um, I thought that was like pretty awesome that he at least told me that he was working through some of those things so that at least like maybe in the Mm -hmm. next relationship that he's in, that he is a better partner for that person. Um, Even though he wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, a great partner for me. I will say like in the relationship, he was a good partner. I don't want to like take that away from him. He really was, but he still cheated. Um, Oh, you you are so good, Jen. I would never say that. (laughs) (laughs) Our relationship was very much 50, 50. Um, The cheating, of course, I think like in talking to him, because we talked about it a little bit and he just said that for him, I I mean, I don't want to make excuses for him. Um, or say that there's any excuse for it because there's not. Um, But he's the way that he expressed it to me was he felt like our relationship had the potential to hurt him and he was scared of that. And so he gravitated toward a relationship that he knew he wouldn't get hurt in. That wasn't that he knew it wasn't going to be serious and which it ultimately wasn't. Um, So, you know, I, and again, like that could just be him making excuses, but I mean, it, it kind of makes sense to me a little bit. Um, but again, like, I'm not like saying that what he did was right or like justified by any means. I was pissed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But do you think like the people we chose to be with that, you know, like it's part of like, like you say, when you went to a therapist, but we do pick and choose the people we date because we also like for me, I always date like broken people because obviously I want to fix them. And that's just my nature. Like, I don't know. Uh, if- I think I, I think I do that too. Um, but I think. I don't initially recognize it for what it is. Like, I don't see it that, oh, there's this person that I want to fix. I, and like hindsight is 2020, right. But like in this last relationship, I didn't fully realize until we broke up how like self deprecating he was Mm -hmm. and how he did have these like little bouts of where his mood would be off, where he would be depressed. And, you know, I would try to compensate, oh, and you know, let's go do this and trying to like make him happy. And I think because I was doing that. The relationship was like this 60, 40 split. Um, because, you know, I was trying to be that person for him. And like I said, you know, he betrayed me during my time of emotional need. So that just shows me right there that 
it was not equal whatsoever because I had bent over backwards for him when he was going through things. But, you know, he acted like to my face that he was there for me, but then he was going and fucking someone else, you know, behind my back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's like one of those things that's, you know, when you look back at it, you're like, well, shoot, you know, I didn't see that. And I think sometimes like you want to see the good in people and you don't see it when you're in the relationship until you take a step back and you can view it from the outside and you're like, shit, like that was really unfair for, you know, me to do all these things. And then you look at the things that that other person did not do. Um, And I, you know, and I actually asked my therapist about this too. Um, I said, you know, I went through these past two relationships and I consider myself smart. I consider myself like, a good judge of character, but I continue to like find myself in these relationships where they try to hurt me in like the worst way possible. And, you know, I don't ever tolerate disrespect to my face, but then they're going and doing these things behind your back. (laughs) And you're like, I don't know how to confront that if I don't know what that it's happening. Um, Or maybe it's happening, but then you don't have that, those, you know, crucial conversations all the time or, you know, know, that tense, you know, so, you're just not in that situation where you can tell that he's like, you know, putting up a front with you and telling you he mm-hmm. loves you, but then he fucked another girl behind your back. I mean, they're really good at that shit, though, you know. They really are good at that shit. And it was one of my friends um, from San Diego. She had actually came up to visit maybe like two or three weeks before we broke up. And that was the first time that she had met him. And she sent me a text message after that weekend and said, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy for you in this relationship. I can tell how much you guys really enjoy being with each other and I can tell how much he cares for you and I'm just like really happy that you found that and so when I told her two or three weeks later that he broke up with me and then found out that he cheated she was just kind of as surprised as I was she was like you know I know guys and I've seen guys that are just going through the motions and I don't think that's what he was doing at all and she's like I'm just really surprised and I was like yeah me too um but you know at the end of the day when I look back at this past relationship, the one like big difference that I can see is that I do have a lot of self-love for myself and he just doesn't. And he never did. And I don't think that I saw that until after we really broke up about how severe it was. And I mean, you cannot be there for somebody else and love somebody else. If you don't have that love and confidence in yourself, it's just never going to work. You're just going to continually like go through these patterns of hurting people because you haven't recognized your own trauma and your own like shortcomings and you know I you know because people are like oh you guys just weren't right for each other and and that may be very true um but it didn't seem that way like it seemed like we were very in sync on most things um but and you know and when he said oh we just don't see the world the same way he was right because I see the world better than he does and that's a big difference um you know I feel like he well, just he, couldn't articulate yeah. that well it sounds like he see the world in a glory hole obviously yeah yeah <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously but how long were you dating him like talking to him before you actually was like you know physically like and emotionally invested like you know how long was that I, so I feel like in the beginning of the relationship like the first two months we were seeing each other all the time and we really weren't hooking up. We were like going to museums and he was taking me out to nice dinners or he was like cooking me dinner at home. And then I went home, you know, and I felt like he was making the effort and wanting to see me. And then I went home to North Carolina for two weeks. And when I came back, I felt like he had taken a step back. Um, And he was very much like, 
I don't know. I just, I got out of a relationship a year ago that went on for four years and I feel like, you know, I'm still trying to like figure myself out and stuff from the relationship. And I was like, okay, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, you know, then I'm going to take a step back as well. And I did, but I noticed like when I started stepping back, that's when he started kind of gravitating toward me more because he felt like I was pulling away. Um, so I felt like, let's see, we met in November. I felt like I was probably fully invested maybe by May or June. Um, and then after that, I felt like in ironically around the time that he cheated on me, which was July, we got really close from July until October. Um, and even my roommate had commented on it and said, Oh, you guys are so in sync now. And I'm really glad to see that he's stepping up and like making all this effort. And I was too. And then ironically, that was the time when things that were going well is when he like kind of pulled the rug out from underneath me. I'm just trying that to is the worst like, part when did he stop of... picking for you? <clears throat> um, that I, I don't think he did. I mean, he was still like cooking well, for me. Or, or his meals got a little better. Huh? His meals got real, <laughs> yeah. real. And, even the, oh. and the weird thing is even the week that. <laughs> She's trying to tie it in. <laughs> even the week that we broke up, he was still like, oh, I just saw that this like new ramen place popped up. We should go there sometime. And I'm like, why are you making all of these plans if you were going to break up with me? And when I, then the day that we broke up, he, he literally said, he goes, I didn't um, know if I was going to break up to up with you until you got here. And what? Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, that doesn't mean like, yeah, that definitely I mean, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah guys like he must have had it on his mind and then uh, yeah I I don't get it either yeah. I I don't understand and like when we in the process of us breaking up he was I mean the conversation that we were having when we were break up he was very emotional about it too it wasn't just that he was just sitting there like not emotional about it not upset just like he was like very resolute in his decision I mean he seemed like he was very torn as well and so I asked him, I was like, are you sure that you want to do this? Like, do you think that you're making a mistake? And because, you know, you're confused about other things because, you know, the conversation that we had had like a week or two prior, he felt like he was failing me in the relationship because he had been working really long hours and not being able to do like really quality time things with me for like the past couple of weeks. Um, just cause he had so much going on at work. Um, and so when we broke up, I thought maybe, he was just overwhelmed with work and that eventually he would, you know, figure it out and come around. Um, But then all this other stuff came to light about, you know, him cheating and betraying me. And that just like really put the nail in the coffin for me. I'm just trying to, you know, I, uh, when I actually, it's like, we say we did everything right, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, just the way he came at you, like, I just out of the blue, like I just, Mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> and then it's like I'm pretty sure you guys talked about your future and all this shit like why lead you on to think that you have a future mm-hmm. with him you know and I, it right. sounds like he was never emotionally available you know how like you start a relationship you always ask like have you did their self-work are you emotionally available can you be vulnerable can you be transparent because those are like very important things when you're looking for a partner right yeah. um <clears throat> when you guys started dating like where's there was a common goal, right? The common goal is like, you're looking for a partner and soulmate, right? Right. And then all of a sudden you're saying, um, I don't think this is going to work out. Like, this is not like a, you know, you're going vegan. And then one day you just stop, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> right. Um, and um, I don't feel like there was 
good communication in the relationship sometimes. And I mean, I have to take some responsibility for that too, because there were times when I just felt like things were off, even though there wasn't anything obviously wrong. Um, and I didn't verbalize that. And I do feel like I should have, um, cause I feel like your gut just told you a lot of things. And I felt like my intuition was telling me like, Hey, something's just not right. But I wasn't speaking up on that or, you know, like telling him certain things that like made mm-hmm. me uncomfortable. Um, and I actually talked to a good girlfriend of his and she told me, she said, you know, it's really interesting that the relationship that he was in before you, I feel like he tried to talk to her about the problems that he felt like they were having and, she very much shut him down every time he tried to have a conversation. And she said, and then in this relationship with you, I feel like if he did have a problem or if he was having doubts, he never communicated that to you. Um, and I was like, yeah, hundred percent. And so I think a lot of it had to do with maybe him being fucked up from a previous relationship and he just hadn't fully, you know, recovered. Yeah. That. Yeah. Recovered from that. He didn't so do the self work. He didn't do the self work. He didn't, he didn't yeah. do the self work. And unfortunately I was the casualty of that. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. we are always the casualty of that until, you know, yeah. you find a man that you're like, Oh, he did the self work, but then you've been scarred so many times. You're like, fuck, this made me another catfish too. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because I'm trying mm-hmm. not to let this most recent relationship bleed into the next one where I, you know, someone else that I date has to pay for the mistakes of the previous person. Cause that's just not fair to do that to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and right. I've always been like weird with trust anyways. And now I feel like that's almost worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I probably won't express that like out loud to someone else, but it will pretty much be in the back of my mind in the next relationship that I need to be more careful and like, look out for red flags. And if I do see a red flag, like immediately bring it up even because I'm always afraid, like, cause guys always say like, Oh, that girl was crazy. And it's like, well, what did you do to make her crazy? I feel like there's always a reason, you know, that girls like, Fair. yeah. Um, and so you never want to look like the crazy girl mm-hmm. just because you're assuming things or because your gut is telling you something's wrong. Um, and so like anymore, I'm just kind of like, fuck that. Like if I feel like something's off the next time I'm saying it, like as soon as I think it, and if they think I'm fucking crazy, then they're not the one. Yeah. Um, and that's just the attitude that I'm going to have going forwards. I think. I like that. What about you, Lariri? Are they still, are you guys still on the yeah. call? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's interesting. So I've had these, like, I was like, I definitely recognized a pattern in like, so in the past, I like had a boyfriend who um, I ended up having to get a restraining order against. And then it followed up with a really good boyfriend that lasted for years. And then when I left him, I found my type again, another guy who I should have maybe attempted or should have gotten a restraining order again. And then that followed up with another really good boyfriend who I'm still like, friends with today he like still checks in on me and sees how I'm doing that was my Australian ex Mm. um and then I had that six month relationship but throughout all those years I don't think that I've ever had a heartache anywhere near that six month relationship that I that just ended this past February um And it's interesting because it was such a short period of time, but there are so many factors that come into play with that. Number one being, it was the first time that I had not been the person to trigger this, you know, first time I'd actually gotten dumped, um, 30 years old. So then that plays another factor is all of these expectations of life. 
maybe you're right. Like we're in the Bay area, not necessarily from my friends, but from my family and from myself, like, um, for like, you know, like I, my mom had her four kids by the time she was like in her mid to late twenties. And so now here I am 30 previously my family would ask me when I was getting married was who's my boyfriend you know I remember like after I had broken up with one of them my aunt was like man you just can't keep a man can you and I was like because it's on me I guess but no like the issue is the men can't keep me all right auntie like it's Um, all our fault like we can't we can't be more domesticated (laughs) we didn't cook and clean yeah um but then then they got so desperate that my mom even was like enough which means my child like she's like enough like I don't even care about a wedding anymore like forget the marriage where are the grandbabies because now now I'm 30 and like I'm like she doesn't have time you know she's like no like you think you're on your own timeline grandmama needs some grandbabies (laughs) she's like stressing out about it and so I get this stress from back home about like the next steps in life. And then on top of it, maybe it's because of the stresses of my family or like maybe because it is something that I like definitely have wanted, but I also would like to like have children. Um, And we're like now at an age where people are telling us in five years, we're high risk. Like we're not gynecological, a geriatric pregnancy, Mm -hmm. you know, after 35. And so you add that biological factor on top. And then you add the fact that this man also had a child um, who I adored and still to this day adore um, that like, let me be in this like caregiver role apart from work. But like, you know, like now I'm home. Now I get to like, make sure these people are eating dinner. Like make sure this homework is done. Like play this role. He said that like, like he put it in, in my mind that that's what he wanted. He wanted like hella kids. He wanted to go down this route and he wanted me to move in with him. So now you add all these factors of like, Oh, like it is finally here. This is like the next phase in life. And then it all just came crashing down. Like with little to no, what I felt was like little to no warning. And just like you, Jen, like I had the pulled from beneath my feet. And so that devastation was a heartache that I never knew existed. And I like, I, I'm one of those people that likes to think like everything happens for a reason. So, so then I like sit and I assess like, okay, well, why the fuck did this happen? Like what, what the fuck? I didn't, I didn't learn anything. Did I improve from that relationship? No, I didn't. Like, did he teach me anything new? <laughs> did I learn any new skills? Everything it like, it really just solidified the fact that I've, I am who I am. I'm ready for what I'm ready for. And like, there was no mm-hmm. personal growth in it, like nothing. So what happened? What did I learn? And actually I didn't realize it at the time of the heartache and the devastation, but all of the learning was to happen afterwards. And the biggest thing that I learned was how to be mm-hmm. a good friend because following that, like y'all saw me fall apart. Um, I, the amount of people, like all the homies that reached out to me, like, and made sure that I wasn't alone during that, like first week, second week, like the worst fucking weeks, people were reaching out, texting me every day, calling me every day, me and Jen, we went out, me and, you know, we went out like, you know, like 
Y'all made sure I was adequately distracted <laughs> and adequately drunk. And, <laughs> and, and it made me realize like, oh shit, like this is what you're supposed to do. Like, this is what happens during devastation. This is how you are there for people. And I didn't really know that before. And I just kind of went through the motions, like living life, trying to be there for people, but not really knowing how and not understanding like the emotions. And then that happened. And I learned so much about friendship and like, and, and the importance of a support system during such and devastating I think heart, times, heartbreak is so know? universal and we so have all been through it at one point or another. And, you know, when you see somebody else go through that same emotion that you went through and you're like, I know how much this hurts. Like I want to be there for you and help you in whatever mm-hmm, way that yeah. is. And whether it's just, you know, sending flowers mm-hmm. or like getting you drunk or, you know, just like a text or something. I mean, those mm-hmm. things really do help. And I think we've, we've just all been there. And so I think that's why when we see somebody else go through it, it's, you know, it's easy for us to be there for that other person because we've also been there. Right. And it's also like seeing your friend yeah. hurting, you know, like no one wants to see that. And especially when it's not necessarily something of their own doing, like they didn't go run out into the middle of the street and then like they broke their leg. Like, no, like the hurt is coming from someone else. And it's a little harder to treat besides just yeah. being there for them, you know, and like offering that, um, that presence, you know, that they, that's no longer there in a certain yeah. regard, but that you and can I thought it was really interesting level. with mm-hmm. this breakup that I went through most recently. Um, his friends actually reached out to me too. Um, and his friends were even like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk with me? Um, do you want to go to dinner? Um, or just sending like encouraging text messages and just being like, Hey, like, you know, we're thinking about you. We know that like what happened was really shitty. Um, and oddly enough, the girl that he cheated on me with found out about everything. She sent me a direct message on Instagram And she just basically said, Hey, I really hope that this is helpful and not hurtful for you. Um, But I just want you to know if I had known, they never would have engaged in anything. And I just want you to know that. And I truly believe that. And I really did respect, um, you know, her coming to me with that message. I didn't have any ill will towards her from the beginning because that was his decision a hundred percent. And just speaking to like her, because I had not met her, but she was a mutual friend um, through other friends. Um, But they had kind of said, you know, she's not that type of person. Like if she had known, she would not have done that. And and I truly do believe that. Um, But I thought that that was like really respectable on her part that she like reached out and said that to me. Jen, you are too nice. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that way, right? <laughs> I'd have been like, girl, you must have had known something. I mean, you was having sex with him. You always seem like oddly like standing in a corner texting Jen like, hey, I'm out here. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so red. Like, I mean, yeah, she did, you know, at the same time she did, I guess the grown up thing. But at the same time, like you telling me you didn't know. I kind of thought that too, because when he was down there, he was still calling me. Like he was calling me, talking to me on the phone, you know, checking on me, texting me. And so I'm like, did you, did you not realize or pick up on it? Or were you just like, cause it was a weekend where they were down there and there was like a lot of alcohol involved. And so I'm like, were you just either a, like too drunk to notice, um, or too drunk to care? Um, but you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was probably one of those things. It was just like a lot of alcohol. They, um, 
I think had <clears throat> I think we should have her on a phone call next time, Jen. We need to have her on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. wanna know. Oh. I wanna know how she didn't know. Cause you if you spent the whole weekend with somebody, somebody on the phone texted his girlfriend like nonstop looking at the phone and then go have sex with you. I'd be like, Hello, is there someone else? Like I know his mama not checking on right. him like yeah. that much. So, like, <laughs> I think he's trying to turn this into Ryan Flowers. Either way, it doesn't. It would. Her knowledge is, has nothing to do with with. Uh, yeah, it was. It was still a hundred with this. Yeah, you know. And I think was initiating it, which according to him, like, is what the case was that she was initiating it. I don't, I don't care regardless. You still can be man enough to be like, oh, he no, said I'm that dating somebody. Yeah. And uh, that was right. the argument that I made with him. And I was like, you have been drunk so many times with other people when I wasn't there. And yet that didn't happen. So like, why this weekend of all weekends did this happen? Um, you know, was it just a weak moment mm-hmm. or were you just like that intoxicated? I mean, I, you know, you, you go through all the what ifs, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like what happened, happened. Um, yeah. He, he did. He did up. Fuck <clears throat> up. And mm-hmm. the fact that like, yeah, I would have respected it so much more if he had came back from that weekend and said, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. I fucked up this weekend. I got too drunk. I slept with this person. I'm so sorry it will never happen again I still would have been pissed and would probably have broken up with him but I wouldn't have been as mad if you know I found out after we broke up and found out that like the whole time that he was like Mm -hmm. smiling in my face and telling me how much he cared about me and all that stuff that you know he had done this awful thing like behind my back you know I just I think that's like what bothers me more like I would have respected it if he had just come forward instead of me like figuring it out on my own but you know yeah. that's not the first time I mean I'm pretty sure See, that's what I wondered that you didn't too, know and I, asked, and I just... asked him that I was like you know how do I know that this is the first time and then he actually got <laughs> mad when I brought that up he goes you know, he goes, I know that I fucked up and I was a coward for not telling you. He goes, but I was faithful to you all of the other times. And he was like, you know, I, you know, I wasn't out here serially cheating on you. I just royally fucked up. Um, and in yeah. speaking like with some of his other friends who I'm also friends with, they've kind of told me the same thing. Um, and I feel like they would be honest with me if they knew anything else. Um but would that, would the knowledge that he was cheating on you other yeah, times it would, it make been, any it difference? Would, no, it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. The trust is lost at that so point. Regardless if it was something that he did multiple times or he did once, I don't care. Like infidelity is infidelity. Like, right. But, it, right. but the time frame, like for me and my understanding is like, okay, well, he probably been cheating on you way before that. Like, you know, he, you know, even casual conversation with girls, you actually, that's cheating. So I'm not, I don't know him, but I mean, you can put him <laughs> on a phone call, ask him, like, you know, like, you, 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 fishing. <laughs> you just don't wake up one day and be like, I'm just going to go sleep with somebody. Like, there's some other things, like, you had to work up a conversation to go no, meet that girl. You know were, what I'm saying? Um, like, you had to, like, all okay. down in Austin that weekend for, like, a friend getaway. Um, So it was like, 
I think like one of the weekends that I was working and he was down there um, visiting like a mutual friend of theirs that had moved down there. So there was like a big group of them that were down there that weekend. And so that's, you know, it wasn't like some random girl that he hooked up with at a bar. It was like a friend of his that I think that they had hooked up before in the past, like before him and I had started seeing each other. Um, and so I think it was just like they were mm-hmm. drunk, they were with friends, it was familiar. And honestly, it was just easy. It was something easy for right, him right. to get away with um, yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was, and we can talk about this because this is an interesting debate I had with some of my girlfriends. We were talking about it and they were like, I honestly don't think that he did it to hurt you. I think guys just don't think the way that we do. Um, like for us, like when we're drunk, I I don't even think about hooking up with another guy, you know, especially if I'm dating somebody like that thought really doesn't cross my mind. And she was like, I, she was like, I honestly think guys are just that dumb that they, you know, sometimes just like see only one thing and they don't process like what the consequence of Mm -hmm. this is going to be. And she said, they just don't think the way that we do. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think that there is ever, not ever, but yeah, usually really a malicious intent. Was. I think that it happened. When people um, and that I, I think he was a coward because he didn't want to say anything to me and didn't want to hurt me. Um, but I don't think that he did it to cause me pain. Um, but I mean, regardless, like I think he was just being fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings up an interesting question as far as like, what do you ladies consider cheating? But some people are like, well, if it's physical and they did it and they weren't thinking and they were just being stupid, it's something forgivable. Whereas if they formed an emotional connection with someone, <laughs> that is more painful. So for you guys, like, and I've, I've heard both and I'm just like, that's yeah. so interesting. So like for you guys, where do you, like, what is cheating for you? Like, where do you draw the line? I would say. I think for everyone mm. i say if you if you out there like eyeball it like i feel like anytime that you feel like you out there just trying to trying to see what's out there or like trying to see if the other person will bite on what you put in that's cheating i i like they don't really have to like sleep with each other but that's in the process of him trying to get her emotions involved and like trying to get her physically there you know what i'm saying like that first initial mm. text message was like, hey, you know, I think, you know, like, yeah, you, you're trying to start something. So I feel like it don't even have to go. He don't have to really have to sleep with her for me to say he's cheating. But he, if he engaged in that first conversation or that, you know, that first interaction with her, you trying to have I something agree. come out of that. And I think like that, an emotional, know? like yeah. if they were creating an emotional bond with someone else, that would hurt me more than if I just found out they got drunk and fucked someone else. Like if I knew that they were texting back and forth and he was like leaving right. hearts on like an Instagram post, like, it makes me so mad. Like thinking about that. Like, like, so much I heard that shudder. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but then if he put in hearts on the Instagram, maybe he like I don't know. Like what is the picture he hearting? Like I don't like a lot of guys heart like Kim Kardashian. That don't mean you know. Like I don't know. Like. I feel like the likes and stuff like that is not really in title of something that you'd be really upset I don't think, with. Like, I like a hard emotion. You know, I don't know. Would bother me. It good. would bother me if I, I think it's different talking and like well. forming this emotional bond, and then I see like the proof of it in the form of an emoji. Like I think it would just like make me that much more angry. Oh hell yeah! And there's also a difference between 
like leaving a heart emoji on someone like, you're never yeah. <laughs> ever in your life going to. I mean, there's, there's some people that be putting heart emojis on your shit on Instagram, but you you meet them, they're like, oh, you know, like it's nothing. Like, oh, it's just they just find, find you physically attractive. I mean, it's not like they, you know. I'm gonna blow <laughs> the fuck up out of your Instagram. I'm gonna heart and everything. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I, I think we waste so much on social media is not you know i just feel it like it's fake, so yeah. fake it's just so like overrated like it's not that's not something to be indicative someone is really trying to i don't know but the other times people be doing dms and shit like that and hooking up no no, no yeah, yeah yeah but she, what she's saying it's like the cherry on top if you already know that there was something developing and then you see yeah, it like public, publicly presented via Absolutely. Yeah. You have to try to hide it at that point in Bro, anymore. I said no fucking whipped cream and you put the fucking whipped cream on top. Like like because of social media and because of um what am I trying to say? Like app dating and that kind of thing. Um I feel like it makes like connections with people that much harder because I feel like people are more disposable now because it's just like, oh like you're not gonna give me what I want. I'll go and like get my ego boost on hinge or like get all these people that like, you know, show me, you know, tell me that I'm pretty or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, all this stuff. And so I feel like it's yeah, I feel like <laughs> it's like whatever, for us. Um, because like I had I've been places before where like some of my guy friends have showed up after a breakup and people are like, Oh man, I'm really sorry to hear that you guys broke up and they're like, Oh, it's fine, and they're already swiping on him within twenty-four hours. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I just, I just don't understand like how people can feel like that. Um, but again, like, um- given everything that's happening right now, the fact that like we can't be out here running the streets. I mean, speak for yourself. Yo, mind your own damn. I'm over here like so stay the fuck away from me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when the world has freed after this post-COVID apocalypse, and we are out, we are all free to be young, professional, single women. What are you guys looking most forward to in the realm of? I'm looking forward to you know. I, I'm not giving up. Like I'm not giving up. Like on love. I'm not giving up on the chance that I may find love and like probably right now it's like an unconventional way like just finding someone who is ready to be transparent vulnerable like is emotionally available and everything that I always you know I always wanted you know like you you dream of this person and then you start dating people you're like you start lowering your standard standards and then but then you realize like what the hell am I lowering my standards for let me keep those standards the way I've been wanting to have them and not compromise things and I feel like it can happen you can manifest what you want mm-hmm. you know I agree and it and if that person that you're dating is not, you know, then just keep it moving. Like, you know, don't feel bad. Like, we're not compatible. Like, you know, I don't want to waste your time. You know, there's someone out there for everyone. It's just <clears throat> the time timing is not right right now. And, and the person, you know, they will show up. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what someone said recently, you know, you, you have to go out there and make it happen. You're not going to, love is not going to come knocking on the door. I hope, I wish, everybody wished that, but you actually got to go out there and make some sacrifices, some risks, you know, date, kiss a, a few hundred frogs. And yeah, you know, 
I'm not giving up on love right now. All right, dude. I like that. What about you, Jen? Uh, yeah, I think that's great. I feel I don't feel like I'm giving up either. Um, and I think that, you know, one positive thing that I did take away from like this breakup and just this whole situation was like, I'm really proud of myself for the way that I did handle the breakup. Um, even though there were times when I felt like I wasn't personally handling it well, you know, there were just so many things that kind of came through as affirmations that I was handling it well. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that it has just fully given me a sense that, you know, after this, like, I know what I deserve and I'm not willing to compromise anymore on that. And I feel like I was compromising a lot in this past relationship and I'm just like fully aware that I'm not doing that anymore. And so I think that's given me a lot of strength going into like the next relationship that I get into. And hopefully that will be it because I really don't want to do this again. <laughs> Over it. Yeah. Da- you know, Jen, dating sucks. I mean, it's fun, but it sucks. Like it's a lot of time. It's like a lot of effort. It's like it a consumes lot. a lot yeah, of yeah, fucking yeah. energy is what it, it does. does, dude. Hopefully not heartbreak and healing, but you know, you know, that, that trajectory. Is there anyone you just taking your stuff out all the time for? Like, <laughs> we just want to know who you are having sexual, you know, intercourse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and then like, yeah. I think too, like through this breakup, it's made me realize like maybe the Bay Area is not where I want to be. Um, nope. Yeah, I, I really. I, I really <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Who said nope. no? Is that you? Yeah, I really yep, don't. That. I don't know mm-hmm. if like long term it's for me. Um, And I think that through this it's really made me realize that and so I'm really thinking about maybe gravitating back towards the east coast like maybe at the end of this year um Mm -hmm. and because I feel like they're like the moral like the moral compass is just a little bit different and I don't want to speak broadly for everybody because there I mean there are good guys here I don't want to say like just everybody here sucks there are good guys um but most people yeah they they, yeah but that too (laughs) a lot of the mentality is just very different here than it is yeah. in, in other places. And I mean, and I've never had that mentality where I was like, oh, I want, you know, five kids by the time I'm 25 and I want to be married and settled down. I don't feel like I've ever had that mentality. Um, but, and, uh-huh. and I still don't feel like I have that mentality. I think the big thing is it's like, I just want to find someone who has that like same, you know, moral standards and same values that I do. And I don't see a whole lot of that yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. it comes down to core values right it does yeah mm-hmm. and people ask the same questions like all right i know you want to know my favorite color and food but i want to know yeah. if you really try to get married and have kids right. like let's yeah. just get through this yeah. stuff i like, hear where you travel yeah. you want to hear where your favorite place to eat is yeah. i want to know how many yeah. kids you have under your belt and how many women think they're in a relationship with you Ooh. i think that's like the new question it's like not are you dating anyone is there anyone no. under the impression that they are dating you right now but it's interesting because like um like just to give like a sh- one second like summary like my heartbreak story and it kind of ties into what how we opened um our episode today about it's not necessarily something you lost or it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic relationship but like my heartbreak story was like, I did lose someone and that person was myself. And it took me years to come to terms with the things that I allowed to happen, the things that I felt subsequent from that relationship and just like really finding myself and coming into my own person. 
Um, and it's interesting because like oh, some of those things have come up during this lockdown and I am trying to put myself in a framework where it's like, yeah, when this is all over, like I know the work that I put into myself and I'm not going to take anything less. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like kind of coattailing off a few, like, yeah, like I'm still very hopeful that I'll find love. Like that's something that like, I definitely want, but at the same time, like I'm also kind of prepared to just like do me and live my life. So it's like, I'm good either way. It's nothing that like, I'm really longing for it and it's not going to define who I am. Um, I think I've built a good sense of self to like be comfortable living by myself or having a future by myself, but should someone be worthy <laughs> coming through these doors and like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah, that's my mm -hmm. hope from like coming out of this. Mm -hmm. I hope we all get what we want. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, do you guys have any like closing remarks or tips for like surviving heartbreak, I guess? Like what do you feel like were the things that helped you the most um, whenever you were like recovering from all of this? What about you? What about me? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I, I appreciate that y'all are like, still pulling for this like fairy tale dream of like love but I think I've actually taken a dark turn where like <laughs> maybe you know I've always been kind of like what is human nature you know and and so I feel like I'm going towards like oh maybe human nature isn't to just be with one person for the rest of your life but it is human nature to have some fucking kids. So I think maybe like, I, I'm probably going to go down that line. of Okay. Like if I don't, if I'm not where I need to be relationship wise to have these kids, I'm probably going to go down the IVF route because now it's so much more common. I've seen it at work a lot. Mm -hmm. Patients, coworkers that it like, it has suddenly become a viable option to me. Mm -hmm. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't need no fucking man, you know, it's true. I might need your sperm, <laughs> right. but apparently, apparently you could buy that nowadays. <laughs> yeah. It's like soil for your plants. No, but I, I really respect that. Like, you know, that that's what you want and you're willing to go, you know, you're not willing to like wait around for somebody who may or may not show up to do that with you. It's like, I know that this is like something that I want and I'm going to make it happen regardless of if there's a guy that wants to participate in that. I think that's like fucking awesome and badass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that Leo shit. That's funny how you say that, Lariri, because I was just saying that's uh, like one of the people that I was dating. I said, yeah, I'm going to go freeze my eggs. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm not going to wait around like I'm waiting. I mean, you can get sperm anywhere. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of sperm cool. out there, but you know, the quality of the sperm, you might want to, you know. Bro, I actually did say that to my mom one time when she asked me where the, the grandbabies were. I was like, oh, ma, I could get knocked up tonight if you want. The <laughs> issue is, do you want to know baby daddy? <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to say the same thing to my mother. Like, it's gotten to the point where I don't, like, and this sounds bad, but I don't even like texting her happy mother's day or saying anything because her immediate response is a happy future mother or happy mother's day to you too. And she goes on to this long rant about like, you will have kids. And that I was like, that's not what I'm trying to communicate <laughs> to you. 
I'm like, this is your day. Like, you haven't got me yet. Let's not, put, let's not continue to put that pressure on me. Um, but, like, the same thing. It's like, you know, like, yes, I understand you want to be a grandmother, but what do you want from me? Like, do you want me to be happy in, in a position where I can raise a child in a good home or do you literally just want me to start popping out babies because I can work on that tonight Mm -hmm. like let me know Mm -hmm. what is it that you really want and um get your support system Penny she's a penny (laughs) (laughs) are you the support system is no yeah I'm not honestly you know you know how you give like you know, the patients at work, they're in pain, you give them morphine. And yes, morphine or, or opiates have a, a, a risk factor of running um, uh, abuse and necessity if you do it too much and do it too often in the like long term. Mm-hmm. But in little doses, it's more beneficial than the pain that you have to go through, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I think like we were talking about like, you know, your friends, your support system, I mean, working out, obviously like working on your like revenge body um, and then like avoiding social media. And sometimes like, you know, when you get in the habit of like sending somebody similar things on Instagram, it constantly pops up in your feed. Um, That's what happened after my breakup too. Like all the little inside jokes we had between us would still pop up on my Instagram feed. And I would, and if I found something and I was like, oh shit, like (laughs) I would love to send this to him. I would send it to a friend. And I would be like, oh, like, I'm going to send this like really funny meme to someone else just so I wouldn't be tempted to send it to him. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that (laughs) that helped a lot, too. Um, But yeah, I think like, yeah, I think those are, yeah, (laughs) memes are a love language, too. Uh, Also, just being like Yawande, like, you know, it's okay. Like, also, I'm okay with being by myself too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just being genuinely honest with yourself and your feelings and being raw to yourself and your feelings too. And I feel like that has helped mm-hmm. me cope with a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. of my heartbreak <clears throat> is that you have to also deal with your own issues, your own feelings and, and let and let it be like mm-hmm. be in your emotions. It's okay to be in your emotions. Like don't try to suppress it because it'll just come back like 10 times as worse. So, you know, give you that time to reflect and cry and drink that <laughs> bottle of Hennessy. Your bottle of morphine. <laughs> I, I think that's so true. Um, um, and actually I had a friend say the exact same thing to me when I was going through this breakup because I was like trying to be like so brave and like not cry on certain days because if I cried, I felt like I was failing myself in some way because, you know, I felt like I should have been doing better. And she was like, I feel like when you don't cry, it's going to manifest in some other way, like in physical pain or like in anger, or you're going to take it out on somebody else. And she was like, so whatever you feel at that moment, she was like, I think you should just let it happen. And she was like, so totally Mm -hmm. right about that. You can have like, you know, self-care sex, like, you know, you can just have sex and not think about emotions. <laughs> and that's what you feel at the time to be coping with something like. Dude, honestly, there is no right or wrong. You could do whatever the yeah. you want to, said, to get you through what you need to. Maybe don't drink yourself to death, but like do the things you need to do that are going to get you right, through Right, I agree. And I think like there's yeah. no one path for someone to get through something you know I think like you said like do whatever works for you um because I mean when we broke up I couldn't even think about touching anybody else like I mean I was almost like revolted Mm -hmm. at the thought 
Um, and I'm just like now getting to the point where like, I can like think about maybe being physical with somebody else. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, other people, you know, I mean, they go out and like have hookups and like that helps them. And I mean, I'm not shaming anybody for doing that. Like if it, I think anything that makes you feel better, as long as you're not doing something that makes you feel worse about yourself, mm-hmm. like yeah. just, just mm-hmm. fucking do it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do what you're going to do. Well, thank you ladies so much for joining in and pretty much running this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Thanks yeah, for having me. Yeah, so much fun. It's very therapeutic. Thanks for having me. Wow. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of Spit Thursdays. We hope you enjoyed chilling with us. To stay locked in on the latest, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is Spit Podcast. That's S-P-Y-T Podcast. Till next time, my friends. Deuces. Gosh.